Welcome to Better Animal Handling, Chapter 11, Episode 84. From the center of Missouri, USA, I'm C.B. Chastain, your guide to better animal handling, and Abby, my cattle dog and indistractable co-host. Say hi, Abby. Our goals are to improve your knowledge of why domestic animals from Chihuahuas to Clydesdales act as they do and how to better handle them safely and humanely. Today's episode is on tying horses, restraint by distraction, and lifting feet. Our topics for this week are... Proper tying of horses by a lead rope or cross tying. Restraint techniques using distractions. And how to lift a horse's front hoof and how to lift a rear foot. The risk that a horse may try to pull itself free from being tied must always be anticipated. Horses should only be tied to solid objects that can hold a typical 1,200-pound horse pulling with all its strength that does not rattle, clang, or make any other noise if pulled on. This excludes gates, fence rails, stall doors, and unhitched trailers as safe objects that a horse can be tied to. Unbreakable halters and leads should be used. Slippery nylon leads that do not hold a hitch well should not be used. If a horse pulls back and breaks the halter, lead, lead clip, or object it's tied to, it's much more likely to attempt pullbacks again in the future. Horses should not be routinely tied in a manner that incorporates a string to serve as a breakaway, since permitting them to break away with ease at their discretion encourages future pullbacks. A horse should be trained in a safe manner that they will only gain untied freedom when quiet and released by the handler. To create a safer environment for horses that may pull back when tied, leads should be tied with a safety hitch to more easily free a horse in trouble. Or a handler should always have a knife ready to cut the horse free if needed to prevent injury. If a horse pulls back, it's more likely to become injured if tied too low or with too much lead between it and the hitch. The lead hitch should be tied at or just above the wither's height, about one arm length from the hitch. Tying longer away can allow the horse's neck to get wrapped in the lead rope or the horse to step over the rope. Tying closer may cause many horses to feel claustrophobic and panic. Tied horses should never be left alone or tied closer than 10 feet apart. If tying to a rail, a horse should not be tied so close to the end of the rail that they can move to the other side of the rail. A horse should never be tied to any kind of stall door. The problem of pulling back usually begins by the horse being scared, pulling back and escaping because of being tied to an insecure object or a halter or a lead clip breaking. 
Therefore, a horse should not be tied and then introduced to something potentially scary to horses. In potentially horse-scary situations, a handler or a handler's assistant must hold the lead rope. Handlers should never duck under a tied lead rope. Horses cannot see under their jaw. This can startle even a quiet horse and cause a pullback or catch the handler in a very dangerous position. Similarly, handlers should always remain in a position that they can move away from a horse quickly. They should never sit or kneel on the ground next to a tied horse. If a horse panics and a quick release is needed, the handler should hold on to the lead after the hitch releases so that the horse does not run backwards, fall, or go over on its back, injuring its neck or head. To discourage pullbacks, some trainers use rubber inner tubes from automobiles around a stout post to tie to with a non-breakable halter and lead rope. These can injure a young horse's neck from recoil, or the inner tube can break. Holding the end of a long lead rope that slips through a tie ring while a horse pulls back can prevent injury while teaching escape by pulling back does not happen. A blocker tie ring is a metal ring with a curved metal bar in the middle that allows horses to pull back with varying degrees of resistance so that they gradually learn that there's no escape from pulling back, but they do not get hurt in trying. Another older method of preventing pullbacks involves putting a loop around the horse's chest with the Honda knot underneath. The standing end of the rope is run between the front legs and then the halter. The horse is tied with a regular lead rope at an arm's length away from the hitching ring. The chest rope is tied a little closer to the hitching ring than the lead rope. If the horse attempts to pull back, pressure on the chest will inhibit most horses from pulling back, whereas the pull on a halter can make them panic. Horses must never be tied to a hitch ring or a rail by their bridle reins. This can easily break the reins or cause the bit to do great harm to the horse's mouth and incisor's teeth. Horses should only be tied with a regular lead rope and halter or neck loop with a non-slip knot, a bowline. Horses should never be tied with a chain shank lead. In addition to injuring the horse, the chain could break and become a lashing weapon. All head restraint riding accessories, tie-downs, martingales, should be disconnected prior to leading or tying horses. Horses are inquisitive and nibble with their lips. Many will teach themselves how to untie hitches. The end of the lead rope should be dropped through a bite in the hitch to prevent the pull on the end of the lead untying the hitch. A more secure tie is to use a bowline hitch. Abby says, if I use chapstick on a horse's lips, they would be too slick to untie knots. Abby, that's why you're paid so much. It's for those game-changing ideas. Cross-tying allows a groom to move 360 degrees around a horse easily. This is advantageous for grooming horses, but cross-ties have several potential disadvantages. 
Horses have to be trained to tolerate cross ties because cross tying allows little head freedom and horses can feel claustrophobic. If they panic, they're more likely to get free and learn how to pull back for freedom or injure their neck or back than if tied securely by a single lead rope. Furthermore, cross ties are often not available in a safe location. Accustoming horses to cross ties should be done gradually. A horse new to cross ties should be allowed one to two feet of slack on each side in close supervision. Gradually, the slack is decreased on subsequent tying instances until the slack is only six to eight inches on each side. Cross ties are usually 10 feet apart. They should not be more than 11 feet apart to prevent a horse from turning and getting twisted in the tie ropes. Cross tying should be done where there's a wall close behind the horse so the horse cannot back up too far. The wall's attachment should be one to two feet higher than the horse's head. The length of the tie should prevent the horse to lower its head about one foot. Horses that need to lower their head more to clear their airway should not be tied by cross ties. Cross tying is often done in barn aisles, but a separate area not used for a pass-through should be used. If a horse is cross-tied, another horse should never be led under a cross-tie to move through the aisle. The tied horse must be disconnected from a side, moved over the aisle, and then the other horse led by its handler, leading on the side that positions the handler between the horses. Agitated horses restrained by cross-ties can run forward and flip themselves on their back or lose their footing and fall with their head dangling from one or both cross-ties. If a horse rears, it can get a leg over a cross-tie and cause a fall on its side. Because of this, many handlers who use cross-ties use string connections tied to the halter so that they'll break easily if the horse tries to escape and will not leave a length of rope attached to the halter of a fleeing horse. Other options are using quick-release snaps and a commercial connector at the wall end of the tie leads that break easily. This option can result in having broken metal connectors on the ends of cross-tie leads on a loose horse that are dangerous to the horse and the handler. Because of its greater versatility and safety, a single lead tying is preferable to cross-tying. Distraction techniques work very well for most horses, but they must be applied with constant rhythmic stimulation. Patting the horse once and then holding the hand still instantly loses its effect. Persistent and rhythmic paths of varying intensity will distract a horse for long periods depending on what procedure requires the distraction technique. Love pats or pinches are rhythmic flat hand pats or soft pinches. These work well if used intermittently and with varying locations, rhythms, and intensity. Light rhythmic taps on a horse's forehead or behind an eye is often enough distraction to have a horse stand still for exams. Short duration distraction can be achieved by petting the horse on the neck and then sliding the hand back and forth over the head, eventually 
cupping the hand over the knife. The eyes should not be reached for directly, for this will scare most horses. Blindfolding horses using a small towel can calm many horses. Application also requires an approach and retreat sliding method with the blindfold cloth over the horse's neck and head. It can be held in place by tucking the cloth ends under the cheek pieces of the halter. Holding a horse's front leg up using an assistant or a one-leg hobble can cause most horses to stand still. If an examination or treatment is being performed, a front leg on the same side as the procedure should be lifted. If a second assistant holds the leg, he should hold the leg up with his head toward the horse's rear. But after raising the leg, the handler should rotate his body so that he faces forward with both hands holding the leg up. The rear legs are never lifted up as a means to restrain a horse's movements. Lifting a left front leg with a left hand while facing the horse's side can permit palpation of the inguinal region with the right hand, reducing the risk of a kick. Abby says, I ought to try showing the horses a picture of Secretariat winning the Belmont by 31 lengths. That would be a strong distraction for them. Well, you're right, Abby. That captured everyone's attention, no matter what else was going on. To lift a front foot, a horse should be standing square, that is, front and hind legs on each side equidistant with front legs parallel to each other and hind legs parallel to each other. The handler then stands alongside the horse, facing the horse's rump. Placement of the handler's foot should be at least 10 inches to the side of the horse's hoof. Placing the handler's foot too close to the horse or in front of the horse's foot to be picked up increases risk of being stepped on by the horse. The handler should slide the hand nearest the horse down the back of the front leg to be picked up. Many horses accustomed to having their feet picked up will pick their foot up voluntarily at this point. If the foot is not offered by the horse at this stage, then the long hairs on the back of the fetlock are tugged, or the suspensory ligament or the chestnut is squeezed until the foot comes up. A handler should resist the temptation to push the horse's weight off the leg with the handler's shoulder. This will teach the horse to lean on a handler when holding the foot up or trying to get the foot up. The foot should be held up primarily with a hand on the hoof wall since some horses are uncomfortable with being held at the pasture or the coronary band. For the horse to be comfortable and not resist, the leg being held up should be lifted straight up and not pulled to the outside. Holding the horse's hoof up for examination or cleaning can be done with one hand. Only if both hands must be free to use hoof nippers or a rasp does the foot need to be straddled and held by the handler's knees. If the horse struggles with his foot being held, the handler should maintain hold of the foot until he's done or can place it down. The horse should not be allowed to think that it escaped having its foot held by struggling. If the horse leans on the leg being held up, the handler should drop it suddenly and then pick it back up again. 
This teaches the horse to stay balanced on three legs when the foot's being held up. To begin picking up a rear foot, a handler should be positioned toward the horse with both hands on the horse. A hind foot should not be attempted to be picked up with one hand and the handler facing backwards. The latter method puts the handler at risk of being kicked without prior warning or a means of defense. The handler starts by standing next to the horse's flank with his body touching the horse and out of its kick zone. To pick up a left hind leg, the handler should face the right side of the rump with his left arm and hand on top of its rump. The handler then places his right hand on the horse's rump with his thumbs up and slides down the back of the rump, the upper leg, hock, and finally the lower leg. The handler's left hand remains on the horse's rump for the handler's balance and to monitor resistance by the horse. If the horse moves toward the handler, it can be pushed away when the handler is in this position. Once the right hand reaches the lower aspect of the hind leg, if the foot is not offered up by the horse, the hock can be pinched until the foot comes up or the leg can be pulled up toward the horse's abdomen to a flex position. While holding the cannon bone up and the leg in a flex position, the handler moves backwards and underneath the hock, resting the horse's leg over his left leg and inside his thigh. At the same time, the left hand on top of the rump is slid down the rump and inside the leg with the handler's elbow becoming positioned on the inside of the horse's hock. A horse's hind leg should never be straddled in the manner of a restraint used for the foreleg. If the horse struggles when holding a hind leg, it's important to hold on to the leg for safety of the handler and to prevent the horse from learning to escape by struggling. Releasing the leg should be performed when the horse is quiet by reversing the procedure to pick it up. To release the left hind leg, the handler's left hand is slid up the horse's rump while the right hand grasps the cannon bone and flexes the leg, and the handler takes a step or two backwards toward the horse's belly. The leg is lowered toward the ground with the right hand while the left hand is positioned on the horse's rump. Now let's recap the key points to remember from today's episode. Horses should be tied to strong hitching posts, no lower than the wither's height, and at a distance of an arm's length of lead rope from hitch to halter. Horses should not be tied in a manner that allows escape. Otherwise, the horse that succeeds will become trained to try to escape again. Restraint by psychological distraction is preferable to chemical restraint or physical restraint. When lifting a horse's foot, the foot should be held in the manner and with the intention to maintain control of the foot until you decide to release it on your terms. Abby says it's time to wrap up this episode. More information on animal handling is available in my book, Animal Handling and Physical Restraint, published by CRC Press. It's also available on Amazon and from many other fine book supply sources. More information is available at betteranimalhandling.com. 
Don't forget, serious injury or death can result from handling and restraining some animals. Safe and effective handling and restraint requires experience and continual practice. Acquisition of the needed skills should be under the supervision of an experienced animal handler. Thanks for listening. Abby and I hope you'll come back next week when I'll talk about moving horses. Hey, Abby, you're the expert on moving horses as well as cattle. What's your secret? What? Finding enough cardboard boxes? No, no, not that kind of moving.